Hello and welcome along to Gadget Guide 135 with myself, Rob. And me, Lawrence Mikalev. And this week we are going to be talking about phones and cars and how to use them together safely and legally, of course. Uh, how you can get all of your favourite audio into your car and also do a lot more than that. Yes, I mean, you might want to make phone calls with your car and a lot of people have been able to do that for decades. But these days we want to do things a lot tidier and we want to do things wirelessly with Bluetooth. And we want to also do more than just phone calls. OK, all of that coming up in a few minutes' time. First of all, let's uh, take a look at the technology news. Uh, Apple, they've uh, got their new version of iOS, iOS 12, that's out now. Yeah, we talked about that uh, in the last Gadget Guide when we reviewed all of Apple's latest announcements. Go and listen to the previous Gadget Guide show to hear all about what we spoke about, their new models, and also iOS 12, which is available for pretty much all of the current iPhones, all the way back to the iPhone 5C, and also a lot of the iPads. Now, a lot of people have been reluctant to install new versions of iOS, because pretty much every major version Apple have released up until this point, you've installed the new version, and the .0 version, so 11.0, 10.0, 9.0, has made your phone worse. Not what you want. Surprise, surprise, iOS 12.0 has made most people's phones run faster. They have finally got this update right. And so this is, yeah, they've always sorted out the, the problems in due course. It's yeah, just normally that... 0 0.01 or 0 0.1 of the update has fixed all of the problems, but it's normally been a few weeks after the major release before everyone's phones start working better again. Yeah, it's, it's what used to be known in the Microsoft world as uh, wait for service pack one. Um, maybe they're uh, they're finally getting the, uh, the idea that actually you need to be ready to go from, get it right on launch day with this stuff. Yep, looks like Apple have finally nailed it with iOS 12. So if you have an iPhone 5 or later, go and install iOS 12. It looks like it's going to be a good one. It adds a lot of nice new features and it will make your phone run faster, even an older phone. Okay, in virtual reality, no, um, in the real world of virtual reality, uh, Facebook, uh, they of course bought the, uh, the, the company Oculus uh, a little while. Uh, a while back, and really, they're one of the the big players. There's uh, there's Facebook with the uh, with the Oculus range, and HTC with the Vive range at the high end of the consumer market. So these are really the serious uh, serious gaming headsets. Um, Facebook held their uh, their Oculus conference, and they've launched the uh, the Oculus Quest, which is an interesting one to or announced the Oculus Quest, which is an interesting one because this is going to have the option of going wireless VR headsets. So up till now, if you've wanted one of these very high-end VR headsets to connect to your computer, you've ended up effectively tethered to your computer with a fairly long HDMI cable. Yeah, and it's not just a small USB cable like you'd plug into your phone to charge it. It's quite a chunky cable to carry all of that video, motion, and also audio. It, exactly, and it, it basically ends up being a couple of USB cables, power cable, HDMI cable. Yeah, they, they zip it all together nicely, but, but nonetheless... Yeah, a proper umbilical cable connected to your head. It, it is. So the new Oculus Quest um, that's uh, that's going to be out soon, uh, that is going to have the option to go fully wireless. That is not an easy challenge, in particular, because one of the, the big things that's been very tricky with virtual reality is how you get the latency. So that's how long it takes between when you turn your head and when the virtual world catches up with your head turning. That needs to be ridiculously quick, otherwise you feel sick and throw up. Yep, and motion sickness while you've got a headset on is not something you will really want to experience. So it's a, it's been a challenge even with wired connectivity. So if they've got it right with wireless, this is going to be fairly impressive. What is really quite impressive is that they're claiming that the Quest will start shipping at the same price that the Rift shipped in at, about $400, probably about £400, which for wireless 
full HD video VR headset is pretty interesting as far as cost-wise. It's going to be cool to see these when they start coming out. Um, certainly, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is saying he wants a billion people to have tried virtual reality within the next year. And maybe going to upset a few people. Interestingly, they're not going to sort of uh, retrofit that onto the existing Oculus Rift. So this is only going to be on the new models, the Quests. So it's a redesign of the technology, I suppose. Yeah, it'll, it'll also be interesting to see what they're using to do that technology. I know some of the uh, the conferences they were actually demoing it using uh, effectively 5g technologies very short range 5g uh, just you know within the room um but the amount of data that you're getting out this is way more than bluetooth way more than wi-fi um yeah, this is a staggering amount of data to redraw your display that quickly. Of course, the thing to remember is you still need to be in range of a computer. So you, it's not like you can wander down the street with your VR headset no. on. This is still in range of a computer. Now, interestingly, a lot of VR applications are now and companies are coming up with wearable computers where the computer is now sort of small shoebox sized or half a shoebox sized, still able to drive a VR headset. So obviously the wired ones up until now, but still able to give you that power that you need from a computer to drive the VR experience. So it's not something you can yet have on a mobile phone, for example. No, and if nothing else, it's not so much the the main processor that's the the problem, it's the graphics processor, isn't yep. it? Yeah, this is where you have these ridiculous gaming PCs where you're spending as much on your graphics card pretty much as the rest of the computer. Yeah, I got a, a news wire from one of the resellers of gaming kit and it was like, here's our newest graphics card. Uh, it's £1,200. Just for the graphics card. Okay, in uh, let's have a, uh, a quick look at the back of the mobile phone world. We've talked about Apple. Uh, Google also, uh, uh, it's not quite in the news, but they will be. Watch this space. Um, their new phone slated to be the Pixel 3. Not yet announced, but there's been quite a lot of data leaking out. It seems they uh, uh, misplaced some of the devices or uh, or someone someone wandered, liberated yes, some yes. wandered off with some not um, necessarily legally no um but what we do know is that uh, that's going to be coming out on the 9th of october so in a few few weeks time um pretty much looking like what you would expect so in other words very similar to the uh, to the latest iphones in terms of hardware probably going to be coming in at the premium end of the market so we'd expect somewhere around the sort of seven to nine hundred pound for uh, for the majority of the models maybe creeping up into four figures at the high end um exact details we'll bring you those in a couple of weeks time once we uh, once we get the, uh, the the official news yeah just in the first couple of weeks of october so we'll wait until we get the real details we'll be back in a short while with all the details on how to get good quality audio from your phone to your car and welcome back to the Gadget Guide. And this week we are talking all about how to get audio, your phone, all of your entertainment, navigation and personal assistant needs into your car. Now, we've been able to do this a long while with things like car, dedicated car interface kits. So I can even remember back in the 90s having a, a cradle which my phone docked into, which gave me telephone calls in my car through a dedicated speaker, microphone fitted in the roof. Now, lots of cars these days ship with Bluetooth built in or even an auxiliary socket. Now, an aux socket is your most basic way to get audio into your car. Just need a cable from your phone's headphone socket. If it still has one. <laughs> That's one of the challenges, of course, as headphone sockets are going away on newer phones. Now, Bluetooth, pretty much all phones these days are going to have Bluetooth. 
When you're buying your new car, think about Bluetooth. Even if you've got an old car, you can still change the head unit. This is still a thing. Now, it's worth watching out because on the Bluetooth into cars thing, there are two different levels of Bluetooth integration yep. primarily. You get the, I can just make phone calls. So this is telephone quality audio. And then you can get the, I can also play high quality music through so that's this car. The technology called A2DP. So that's something to look for is can it do A2DP? Now there's already a third player in this game, and this is the newer version of Bluetooth connectivity that Qualcomm, who own the Bluetooth patents and, and develop all the chips around this, called APTX. Now we talked a bit about APTX when we talked about Bluetooth headphones, a few gadget guides. Go go and listen to that show. Now APTX gives you high definition, low latency CD quality audio over Bluetooth, which is better than we're getting at the moment with most average Bluetooth connections. And the low latency bit, so this means basically low delay between your phone and uh, and the car and therefore the speakers. Yeah, just like we were saying with the VR headsets, you want the low latency, you want near instant response from where it's been generated on your phone to being played out of your speakers. And that's important, possibly not quite so much in the car because you're mostly going to be listening to music, certainly if you're driving, um, but if you're watching video then suddenly the latency is very important. Otherwise, people's lips are moving on the screen and then the the sound follows later. Comes a little bit behind. Now, obviously, if you do want good quality audio in your car and you are spending money on it, maybe you'd want this technology. Now, right now, the only way to get it is to basically throw away the radio that comes with the car and to replace the head unit. Now, we used to do that back in the 70s, 80s, 90s and so on, as change the head unit because the one that the manufacturer shipped was rubbish. And also, it was just a radio back then. If you or took a tape that out, player. Or, or, yes. Um, yeah, all it did was the radio. Most modern cars now, actually, the, the car radio, yeah. but it also does a load of other things. So mine yes. also shows, for example, the aircon status, the... Yeah. Um, yeah, all the vehicle parameters. It is a bit more difficult to rip and replace the car radio because it's doing all of these extra things. Now, if you've got an older car and you decide that you want to change the car stereo, you can get quite a lot of good options these days. Certainly from Kenwood and Clarion, there are a bunch of radios now that include the APTX standard that gives you the really nice audio. But you might want to go a bit further and you might, might want just more than the audio. You might want things like sat-nav navigation on a display in your car's dashboard but fed from your phone so that you get all of those useful things like instant traffic updates. And this is something that's becoming something of a trend in the car industry is that actually you, know, you buy a car, you might keep that for five years, ten years. Whereas mobile phone technology is moving much more quickly than yep. that. So... I reckon 18 months is what most people are thinking about churning a phone. Rather than trying to build a sat-nav that's going to last for 10 years, wouldn't it be much easier to actually make your mobile phone do all of the work, but use the the car's dashboard as the display? So your video, your audio, uh, they all start Every, everything off... on your phone screen. Start off life on the phone, but they're displayed on the car much more neatly than, of course, you can just put one of these wind, windscreen suction mounts or you can get some other very nice mounts on the dashboard. Rather than having to get your phone out of your pocket or have it somewhere maybe encroaching in your windscreen... Let's display that on the car, but take advantage of all the technology built into your phone. So integrate a little bit more into what the car's dashboard is showing. Now, obviously, if you've got an Android phone, so anything on the Android platform, so this is like so Samsung, Sony, HTC, uh, OnePlus, and so on, uh, Google's own Pixel range, 
there is a solution for that. If you're in the Apple world and you've got an iPhone, there is a solution for that. Now, unfortunately, this does mean that when you buy that car, you need to think about what does this manufacturer support? Now, a lot of manufacturers are starting to realize people want a choice and they will have both options in their models. And so, even be, even within a family, a lot of, you, know, you might have one person who has an iPhone, one who has an Android. Now, that gets a bit more difficult because sometimes when you're buying the car, you specify whether you're going to have Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. And it seems that a lot of manufacturers, you pick one or the other when you buy the car, the head unit is then matched to that, which does mean that if you've got the iPhone and the other family member has Android, there's going to be a little bit of squabbling. So you might need to think a little bit carefully about planning that. There's not many manufacturers that supply a unit that can do both out the box. There are some options. It is worth checking with your manufacturer. But what do you get when you buy something and you use Apple CarPlay? So this is interesting because... Ultimately, it's your phone that's ge- that's generating the image that goes onto the screen in your car, but it's not simply a copy of your normal phone screen. It's very much designed for, okay, what do you need to see while you're driving? What can you safely do while you're driving? So you probably don't want to be able to, uh, to sort of fully interact with it. Of course, it'll tend to be a touchscreen. You'll want very big buttons. You'll want few buttons. You'll want things you can see at a glance. What that does mean is that certainly on, in fact, on both platforms, but particularly on CarPlay, at the moment, early days yet for the technology, only a very small number of applications will support this in-car driving mode. Um, And even when those applications do exist, only part of their functionality might be available. So you've got the basics. You've got the ones that you would expect, for example, iMessage, Spotify, Podcasts, audiobooks. Um, surprisingly, you get things like WhatsApp, so you can get a little bit of messaging. Yep, but a lot of your favourite applications might be missing. We're seeing the same sort of thing in in Android Auto. We'll come on to that in a, a few minutes. Um, you get Siri, of course. When you're driving, you want to be keeping your hands on the steering wheel. There's a couple of options. You can do the, the usual wake-up word where you say, hey and then give it to command. Alternatively, you can actually get a button fitted to your steering wheel. Or, if your manufacturer is very nice, the steering wheel controls yes. will be able to drive your phone via the Apple CarPlay system, which is quite nice. Yep. And a lot of people seem to be reporting that using those steering wheel buttons is more reliable, especially yes, you when know, you've got road noise. Even if it's the things like next track, previous track, answer the phone, the hardwire... Well, they're hardwired to the steering wheel, they're Bluetooth to your phone, but that is going to be more reliable than saying, hey, phone, uh, answer, or hey, phone, next track. Um, and it's, it's just the user experience. Obviously, this is all improving all the time. The manufacturers are thinking about making this better and are trying a lot. Now, much like we had the situation with uh, the virtual reality headsets, in the, their first versions, both CarPlay and Android Auto were predominantly plug your phone in. Yep. You know, you're you're displaying the whole uh, a whole screen full of information. That's not something you can push over Bluetooth. So it's a USB cable to your car, and then either Lightning or a USB C or a micro USB cable to your phone. Yeah. Now we are starting to see some wireless options here. They're a little bit limited. Apple seem to be just a little bit ahead here. So uh, BMW, for example, are shipping uh, shipping wireless CarPlay. Uh, VW and presumably the rest of the VW Audi group, so VW Audi, Skoda, uh, Seat, um, they're hoping too soon. They didn't quite get it out in time for uh, for Consumer Electronics Show this year, but I think they've got that technology in the pipeline. Um, but that's that's a little bit limited still. So it's not a case. 
if you have one of the cable solutions, you can't just get in your phone, sit down, uh, get in, get in your car, sorry, sit down uh, and be ready to go. You do have to get your phone out of your pocket and put it on the uh, put it on the cable. Yep. Now, same sort of deal in Android Auto. Um, wired connectivity re- required for a lot of things. Now, you can, if you're changing your head unit, Kenwood have a head unit that runs Android Auto that does wireless communication, but obviously your phone has to support wireless Android Auto, which not a lot of phones support yet. So right now we're seeing that the newer Pixel phones from Google and some of the other manufacturers are thinking about it, are getting this technology, but it's not there yet from everyone. And we should say on that head unit side of things, that Kenwood head, head unit we mentioned, I think it's the uh, the DNX 995S. That's a 1,200-quid headset, a uh, head unit in the car. Now, when we all used to do things like change our car radios, that's actually not a ridiculous amount of money to spend on a good quality head unit, unfortunately. They, they are always a premium price for the top range stuff and this has got a full screen that's displaying stuff giving you video giving you sat nav and everything on it but hang on a second because that's going to cost me best part of 1200 pound that is more expensive than the top of the range iphone there is that isn't there yeah that for something that is basically replicating my phone screen in a more limited capacity can do the same with some velcro I I, I I have to wonder if this is a little bit of a, not, uh, 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 a flaw at the moment. Anyway, so you also get a limited subset of apps on the Android uh, auto uh, scene as well. Uh, you get all the music players. You get Skype, which is quite interesting. You get to play it. Uh, you know, you get TuneIn Radio. Um, so you've got all the same sort of options, messaging, navigation. You can choose between Google Maps as well as Waze, because Google own Waze. So you've got that option. Uh, and voice commands as well to drive it. What I did find very interesting is that whilst there are a lot of apps do support it, it seems to be a slightly broader range on, on Google uh, on Google uh, Android Auto than it is on CarPlay at the moment. Um, within those apps, not all of the features are present on in the Android Auto mode. And some of the ones surprise me a bit. So, for example, Spotify has Android Auto, but you can't use the, uh, the podcasts functionality. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to me, when am I most likely to consume a podcast? It's while I'm driving. Yep. Now... If you are thinking about buying a new car and you'd like to get the sort of integration, it's worth going to, uh, and if you are in the Android camp, going to android.com forward slash auto. If you're in the Apple camp, go to apple.com forward slash UK slash iOS slash CarPlay. Just search for CarPlay or search for Android Auto. Have a look on the websites at what car models supported. Both manufacturers claiming over 400 models to choose from across most brands. Go and check. Chat to your car dealer. Find out what's available before you buy. Make that choice. And uh, yeah, hey, let us know how you get on with your new car and talking to your phone. Yes, it's interesting. I, I know my brother has, uh, he recently bought a, uh, a Skoda that came with Android Auto, the wired version. The basic stuff works very well. It does keep your hands on steering wheel more. It does keep your dashboard tidy. I think that this is probably just the start of the story. I think, I think we're at version one on, on everyone's camp at the moment. It, exactly. I think once... Once the wireless stuff becomes more widely supported, what would be lovely is if we could see wireless CarPlay combined with wireless charging. Oh, yes, that'll be very nice. I I just want to drop my phone into the cup holder. It's on charge. It's connected to the car. It's doing all of the media streaming stuff for me. And when I leave the car, my phone, as it leaves the car, locks my car for me. 
Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you'd uh, if you've got your phone attached to your car through Android Auto or Apple Air CarPlay, drop us a note, gadget at cambridge105.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know how you're getting on with car connectivity to your phone. Back to you, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs>